Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. Life, life, life. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life, life, tips. life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tips Show, everyone. I'm here with Robert Dietz. Robert, welcome. Thank you. You're the author of Congratulations, You Just Got Hired, Now Don't Screw It Up. <laughs> that's that's a, a bold book and a bold topic that you've chosen to take it on. Um, tell us Thank a little you. bit about... <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm sure people listening in uh, don't want to screw it up, so that's the good news here. Uh, but tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Let's start backwards um, and, uh, and, and, and how this book sort of surfaced in your illustrious career. Sure. I mean, this is my uh, third career, um, and I'm teaching um, in the uh, School of Public Policy at George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia. Uh, the genesis of the book was a conversation I had with some colleagues. Uh, I had been leading a, a kind of a one- or two-hour seminar every semester with students um, on kind of job advice, and one of them said, you know, you really ought to put this in a book. And, and, and the, what, what lay behind this suggestion was, that students coming out of um, undergraduate school, but particularly graduate school, B school, law school, and so on, have all the intellectual tools they need to succeed. Uh, but what many of them don't have is any understanding of what the work environment is like. And so the idea of this book is it's kind of um, a skeleton key to life in an office. Do you think that that you can learn what the professional life, work life is like while in school? I'm just curious about your thought on that. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, clearly it's, it's, it's a little bit easier if you're actually inside an office or about to go into an office because all offices are at least marginally different. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's a skill one can learn like, like anything else. Does it worry you with so many students wanting for some reason to go directly to graduate school after they finish their undergraduate school. Do you think that's a mistake in the in the in the structure of our of our academic and intellectual, you know, uh, development? Yeah, that's a great question, and I, I've actually pondered this. Um, probably seventy or so percentage percent of the students in the School of Public Policy at George Mason work uh, full time, and by the way, full time in serious jobs. Um, and so, virtually all of our classes are in the evening. And I admire our students greatly who can come from a full day of, you know, full day of work, then take studying seriously, and then, you know, go home at night many times to families with kids. Uh, it's a rough way to go. However, I think the fact uh, that they have waited some time to go to graduate school assists them. Uh, I think they're, they're more motivated. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, that there's a higher level of expectation these days for graduates, particularly you know, grad school graduates, um, with regards to employers? Are they expecting more with, with higher education and therefore perhaps more frustrated when it doesn't work out? Uh, I'm not sure there's a higher expectation. The problem is that there's, uh, it, there's incredible competition these days, as you know. The law, uh, the law business has really contracted. There are fewer jobs out there. Um, and the result is that there's a, a lot of competition for the jobs that are there. And I suppose in turn it can make uh, employers um, fussier. Mm -hmm. Now, you're a Harvard grad. 
Sure. Stories, stories, stories make the uh, world go around. Um, I, I agree with you. Uh, I was talking to former colleagues of the firm I, I was a partner in in D.C. Um, a while ago, and they told me, uh, they told me the following. Uh, three or four of them had gathered in a conference room to await an interview with a, a potential um, uh, first-year law associate. And they were you know, just sort of shooting the breeze and looking out the window, and they saw this guy across the street um, drinking out of a, a brown paper bag. Um, and they were kind of laughing about it, and they saw the guy put the, you know, they assumed it was a beer, and they saw the guy put the brown paper bag down on the sidewalk and cross the street. And a few minutes later, the, the uh, receptionist came into the conference room and said, um, you know, announced the name and said, this is your, you know, your interview. It was the guy who had been drinking across the street. Now, that, that's an astonishingly stupid thing to do. <laughs> it, under the assumption that they were drinking alcohol, which is an, an assumption. Right? Uh, no, partly because there was beer in his breath. Moreover, most people do not drink sodas out of brown paper bags. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I just tried to try to cut the poor guy some slack. I'm sure he did not get that job. Uh, he did not. One interesting. <laughs> one interesting thing. The one. Well, uh, one of some many interesting questions. Hopefully, I'll have for you today that my 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 fans count on is. Is the way that we study perhaps part to blame blame on this problem of transition? Uh, I look at Harvard. You're a Harvard graduate, as I recall. And, from law school, yeah. Uh, from law school. And, you know, look at the B school over at Harvard. You know, case study centric, work group centric, interactive communication skills, hard at work. Uh, yep. Tough cases, you know, with that are never, you know, specifically right or wrong by, by yep. design. Um, yep. You know, that's a different type of environment to study in. Um, can you comment on that and how study environment either does or does not prepare you for the workplace? Oh, I, I thought I had a great legal education. Um, um, I, I think, you know, I, I, again, I think most people coming out of these various schools are, are prepared. The problem, I think, is that schools want rigor. And they define rigor as, you know, in, in business school, you're used to getting the great micro and macro courses and so on. Um, I think they think that it is not particularly rigorous to teach students practical stuff, like how on earth do you, you, you start a new job. Now, I understand some schools, I, I gather some, some B schools, as well as at least one or two law schools, have begun a boot camp. Uh, before the first year, and you know, the boot camp I think is designed, at least in part, to uh, acclimate people to to the work environment. But I think the real the principal problem is these schools want to be rigorous, and therefore they focus on the academic stuff and let the other, you know, the, the, the sort of the real world things like how do you get along in an office. Um, they, they they let students work that out for themselves. Mm. What what are the biggest mistakes do you think students are making while in their first job, what, what, what surfaced with your research and, and writing your, your great book? Um, I think there are a couple of things. One, when I, when I started work uh, many, many years ago, uh, that was sort of the beginning of when you called the, when you were introduced to the managing partner of the firm, he would tell you to call him Joe. And, you know, and pretty soon, you know, over time, even in the government, this has made serious inroads. And over time, people began talking about uh, this, uh, we're family here. Well, that's incredibly misleading, and it's, and it's to be blunt, it's crap. Uh, workplaces are not families. Uh, they're work environments. 
And I think that, that it tends to be misleading because it makes it seem like, well, if I feel like taking a break, if, I, you know, if I'm tired and want to go home early and so forth, uh, that it's perfectly okay to do that. Um, and in fact, it's not. You know, places of work are, are places for doing work. And I think the principal, the principal uh, way of making an impression in a new job is to, is to take your work seriously. You know, in the academic and in intellectual, well, in the academic environment, you know, intellectually challenging concepts, ideas, is really how you stand out and how you excel in yes. questioning things. Yep. But in the workplace, you're expected yep. to come in and follow the norm and follow the process and procedure that works after yep. lots of experimentation with variation along the way. So when you have this bright intellectual that's been trained for two to four years on challenging the status quo, jump into environment, it can be very disruptive. Agree? And is that some of the root of the problem? Yes, you're dead right. Um, um, uh, and, and and, And some people coming into that environment sort of understand that intuitively. But others come in and want to, uh, I mean, they want to argue, for example, at every little thing. Uh, in the first meeting, I, I have a section, a, a paragraph on this in the book. Um, you, people come into government um, and, and they go to their first meeting and they talk. Well, you know, you shouldn't talk. You have, you have, you, you're not entitled to an opinion. Nobody wants your opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But, but you know, people, young people coming into an office environment will think, well, if I'm in a meeting, I guess I ought to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the one thing that you wish everyone would do more of when they, you know, enter their first job and begin work? I wish they would all remember what their grandmothers told them. Which is? <laughs> well, a bunch of things. Um, um, <laughs> about politeness. Um, about dress. Um, about table manners. Um, yeah, yeah, just basically how to comport yourself. And, 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 and so many, many students coming into their first professional jobs don't do any of those things. I have a section, for example, about eating. Um, my, my advice is when, if you're going out for an interview lunch or the, you know, your, first, your first day on the job and the boss invites you to go out to lunch, uh, my advice is order something that requires a knife and a fork. Because, you know, what happens, you, you order a big cheeseburger, and pretty soon you've got juice running down your chin. Or you've got the taco sandwich that you know, the stuff comes out of it. Um, mm-hmm. I had an interview once where every time I took a bite, the, the law firm partner asked me a question. And I think it was, this was kind of his way of seeing how I dealt with stress. It was really annoying. But I, and I'd order a club sandwich. I would take a bite. He'd ask me a question. Then I'd have to put up my, you know, my my digit, uh, first finger, and put it up in the air sort of saying, well, look, it'll take me a second before I can swallow this thing. Um, foul language. You know, increasingly in this country, people are, you know, are very relaxed in the language they use. Um, you don't do that in front, of, in front of your boss until you understand what your boss is like. You don't do it in front of new clients until you understand what they're like. Mm-hmm. Again, if grandma wouldn't like it, don't do it. You know, it's funny, the accents are also quite interesting as well. Um, you know, we, we, we often slip into an accent from where we're from or where we're raised. Um, yep. You know, I'm from Maine, for example, believe it or not, you know, and so, you know, I'm not using 
the maniac, uh, you know, hillbilly language of saying A up to you. I mean, that would just be an immediate turnoff. You'd run for the hills, you know, it'd be like, who is yeah. this guy? Right. Um, so, uh, you know, little subtleties like that. But one of the things that I wanted to ask you is the, is, is Socratic techniques, right? There is one thing that, that really good academics and students should be good at, and that is asking questions, right? Yes. Um, and, and even as they approach their work, don't you think that if you, if you, if you could tell somebody one thing, I mean, the, the, you know, the, 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 the etiquette rules and what grandma said, great, but wouldn't it be you're there to learn on your first job, right? Yes. Ask questions. Learn as much as you can. Don't be the pompous person that thinks they know everything. Absolutely. Ask as much as you can. And and do you agree that that might be the driver? That might be the one thing you might steer people to? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I I mean, I I subscribe to that. I have a paragraph in my book talking about that, that the most liberating words in English languages are, I don't know. Um, So many many people, when they start their first job, uh, the boss will ask them a question, um, uh, you know, on something substantive, and they and they feel that somehow they ought, even if they don't know the answer, they start making stuff up on the fly, uh, and that's crazy. You're much, much, much better off saying, "Hey, boss, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll find it out," and then go out and find it out. The 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 the, the flip side of that is is this this uh, impulse that some people have uh, when they first join a place is to be the know-it-all and in, in and and sort of in meetings showing up the boss you know look I'm look how smart I am and again yeah. that's disastrous you know it's only uh, my uh, my father on this very topic my my dad professor of philosophy university of maine t- gave me some great advice out of college and as I was entering my first job he said you know you know Byron, I'm proud of you. You know, excited. You're going to go work at Hill Holiday now. Your ad agency. This is what you've been wanting to do and dreaming. The ad business. But I have one tip for you. Never be afraid of your ignorance, but yep. try and hide your stupidity. <laughs> Which yeah. I have so enjoyed thinking about over the years. Yep. No, you know, it's, it's, it's there are times <laughs> it is. And let's talk about that hiding stupidity, right? So sometimes you do need to put under the covers, you know, um, you know, having, you know, being fuzzy about a topic area and not taking the time or someone else's time to learn about that fuzz or to clarify that fuzz. You know, you have to go back on your own and research, you know, a topic area. You need to, yes. you need to study just like you have, you know, academically and not expect yes. other people to teach you everything, right? Right, right. Um, but and, you know, I there's have a fine line there as well, don't you think? Yes, I agree. I have never, I don't think I've ever in, in all my years of working, I don't think I've ever had a boss when I asked a question say to me, that's the stupidest thing I ever, that's the stupidest question <laughs> I've ever received. And by the way, if, if you weren't a village idiot, you wouldn't have bothered asking. I mean, most <laughs> bosses have no problem with somebody saying, hey, boss, I don't quite understand that assignment you just gave me. Could, could, could we clarify it? Um, there's hardly anything more frustrating than having sort of a, 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 a slippery grip on an assignment, going out and, and, and breaking your tail and uh, taking care of that assignment, giving it back to the boss, and the boss says, that isn't what I wanted. It's really great stuff here. Let's, let's take a quick station break back, everyone, with sure. more, more greatness on what, what um, not screwing up your first job back in just a minute. 
Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. BubbleFast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the Bubble Fast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at Bubble Fast. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Hi, everyone. We're back with Robert Dietz. Robert, welcome back. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be so, here. So, yeah, this is good fun. So, I'm very excited um, to uh, to ask you about sort of pointing this book, if you will, off, off at the famous millennium, um, millennial sort of level of, of, uh, of target audience. Um, you know, What's going on with millennials? Are they really out of touch with reality, or is it just me, an old guy in his 50s, that is convinced that they all have ADD and they're more interested in what's happening on their cell phones and they can't even go to the bathroom without their cell phones? And, you know, when, when, we're, when you pass them in the hallway and ask them what's going on, they, they can't take their cell phone out of their hands. I mean, it's, it's yeah, unbelievable. So you're, you're, you're actually asking the wrong person. I joke with my students when we take a break, they all immediately pull out their cell phones and they'll have these. I'll overhear these conversations, and I, I, I sometimes kind of mock them. Um, you know, hi, honey, I'm, I'm, we're, we're on a break. You know, what are you doing? 
and my, of course, yeah. my mock answer is that, oh, you know, I'm in the produce aisle, the grocery store. I mean, what is this constant need to explain where you are and what you're doing? Uh, it would drive me wild. I do not actually, believe it or not, given where I've worked, I do not own a cell phone. Wow. That yep. is far out. Yes, isn't it? That's what my students think. The students think I'm, you know, from the Stone Age. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, I, this it's got this is how bad it's gotten from my perspective. I I honestly believe that I know people that when they have either misplaced their cell phone or they don't have it with them, they're just uncomfortable and they're thinking that they're thinking more about where their cell phone could be and the misplacement of their cell phone than they they, they can't even concentrate. Like it it it's it's completely out there. And I agree with you. And it's funny they're they're more concerned about that than losing their wallets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, these are people that will be sitting down, you know, hanging out and reading, and they'll go to the bathroom. They will need to bring their cell phone with them to the yes. bathroom. You know, you know, <laughs> yes, indeed. Because something could happen between. Yep. So this is a problem, you know, and yeah, this, is, this is a problem with concentration, you know. And so now let's take a look at, uh, you know, at, at the actual the workspace. You know, you, you're, you've got your desk in front of you. You know, now this is a big decision. Do you turn off? Your, your social channels. Now, there are some jobs, for example, I'm in the content marketing industry, basically, and, you know, monitoring social activity um, makes some sense. Uh, customer service people, for example, need to monitor help desk tickets and or in-mail marketing. So, you know, yep. being online and being engaged and being responsive is, is, is part of, of many job descriptions. Yep. And what, Robert, is that doing to ourselves? And, and, and why could you risk getting fired on your job, which is really what your book is about, because yeah, of well, these habits that we have? You're making a great point. Uh, I have a section on, on e-stuff. Um, and I think many people, and again, particularly young people new in a job, um, make tremendous mistakes in this area. Um, people assume when they're on their, their, their office's computer that sometimes, somehow they have privacy. They don't. Um, and, you know, if you're in the private sector and you're on, if you're on your company's computer, the company owns everything that's on there. So when you're, you know, messing around on the web, pulling up some porn, uh, playing playing um, solitaire, that's all monitorable. And, and a lot of companies actually have filters that alert the IT people that that's what you're doing. Uh, if you work in the government, all federal telephones and computers are stickered. And they say something like, this is the property of the United States government, and basically telling you, you know, I have no privacy rights. Um, that's an, this is an incredibly stupid thing to do. Um, there are other lots of dumb things to do on the computer. The most important thing to remember is bits and bytes are forever. Uh, a lot of companies now and the, the government are going on to uh, Facebook. You know, so you got that picture of you uh, in flagrante delicto with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Um, they're going to they're going to see that. You got a, You got a, a picture of you in a bar with sh three sheets to the wind. Uh, that's not the look you want to pass on to potential employers. <laughs> well, if we were to offer some advice, some some e advice for people, um, wouldn't the number one th thing almost be, you know, d dump dump the dump the phone when you're talking with people? I mean, get, get it out of sight, put it in your pocket, you know, and and turn all the beepers off and do not open say, it up. Turn it off. Turn it off. 
you know, and put it in your briefcase and forget you have it until you're, you know, if you're going out for lunch or something. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really think that that ought to be a, a policy for all new graduates graduating school. I mean, it, it, it's just awful what, what, what that addiction, and it is addiction. Don't you agree that this is, oh, this is, is an addiction, addiction problem? Yeah. It, it is yeah. an addiction issue. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's and it's a destructive addition because of what it's doing with relationships. And you know, there's you know, another, how there's important another... are relationships with with succeeding in your first job? Let's talk about that for a second. Look, I think they're important. Uh, defined a certain way, um, every office that I've ever been to, uh, been in. Uh, there's always somebody who sympathizes with all the unfortunate things that happen in life. As soon as you walk in the door, good morning. How are you? How's your evening? Uh, how's little Johnny getting on and so forth? Um, th- that same person, sort of the social counselor in the office, is also often sort of the informal social director, organizing uh, birthday cards and, and congratulation cakes and all the rest of that. Save it, you know. that isn't contributing to the office. Um, Save all that for your friends. Treat work as work. It's difficult. I I mean, I think there is pressure on everybody at work to to develop relationships with the people that you're working around, right? Sure there there are, and you can do that, and you can do it very effectively. But beware of, uh, this was a very good piece of advice I got before my first job. Somebody said, beware of the first person who runs up to you to be your best friend, because that Mm. person may well be the office pariah who's trying to develop a a new ally. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I can, can, great advice there, great advice there. Um, Do you think that that there is, uh, you know, also, some concern around it, it, with with millennials uh, around this sort of you know dating boundary and you know uh, awkward situation you could potentially find yourself in by asking some somebody out in the workplace yep. that you're new to, yep. um, or even more awful things like feeling like this casual spirit of hey can I borrow ten bucks from you you know haven't gotten paid yep. yet I mean my gosh can you imagine how awful that would be. Um, and what, uh, what a precarious situation that that would put a fellow colleague in, right? Yeah. But no, you're do you worry right about, about that? that. Yeah, do, um, do you worry yeah. about these, these these things? Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, the dating thing is a, is a landmine. Back in the old days, the iron law was never date anybody with whom you work, you know. Mm-hmm. And in the old days, people would meet other people in their churches or their synagogues or in their bowling leagues mm-hmm. or wherever. Now, that's not realistic anymore. People are going to meet at work. But there are a couple of things you have to be very careful of. A, be really careful about picking up a, uh, making a second request if you've been turned down once. Now, it's possible you were turned down because there was a genuine conflict. But if you were turned down uh, uh, because the person had to rearrange his or her sock drawer, think twice about renewing the invitation. Second, be really aware of compliments. You know, it's one thing to say, well, that's a, that's a nice tie you're wearing. Uh, it's another thing to say, you look really hot today. The one is acceptable. The other begins to look a lot like um, sexual harassment. Right, yeah. Well, I think it's all so fuzzy and gray. I think the right policies are a don't date anybody in the office policy. Um, only go out with people in groups, not individually one-on-one. 
don't yep. ask people to go out with you on a one-on-one situation. It's just, I can't even imagine doing that, you know? Um, it, you know, it, it's always got to be safe and secure and talking about positive things. Now, here's another question for you. <clears throat> it, it's very easy to be critical of work environments, right? Just because yep. of the nature of having a boss and doing things exactly. you don't want to do, right? Yep. You know, doing things that are necessary to get done, but, you know, somebody's got to do them. So what's your take on managing that, you know, that, that, that anger that you may be harboring because you're doing things you don't want to be doing um, and discussing that with fellow colleagues? What's your take on that? Um, I, 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 again, this is something I address in the book. Um, I think to, in looking at colleagues that I really enjoy being with, what I always wanted with people was I want that same personality every day. I don't want Dr. Jekyll one day and Mr. Hyde the next. Uh, I don't want to work with mercurial people, uh, people that go you know, crazy um, uh, over, over something. I, I like working with sort of temperate people. Uh, if, you're, if you're angry at your job, leave. You know, find a new job. But while you're there, it doesn't serve you well, and it certainly doesn't serve the business well, for you to sit there and grumble all day long. And we've all worked with grumblers. It's a huge pain in the neck. Mm-hmm. There's so much there. It's even hard for me to even talk about it because of the frustration level I have of people not getting this. So, yeah. again, it's, it's grandma's you know, professional hat. You know, I mean, exactly. you've got to respect the, the, the environment. And how do you yep. teach somebody to do that? It's really hard to do. Um, it's very hard to do. A friend of mine's daughter is at a college, and she's very smart, intelligent, has a scholarship there. She's wonderful, incredible, uh, incredibly talented in, in many ways. And she has a real problem with the university because of their cafeteria setup and the inability to find seating. And I was with her this summer, and she was just harboring this unbelievable negative energy about, yep. you know, she's written letters to the president of the college. I mean, it's just they're putting money into the athletic facility, but not into the cafeteria, you know, just this whole thing. Yep. And uh, I said to myself, wow, you know, these are skills being developed in school, in college, and no one's going to regulate that. No, no professor is going to even hear that type of yes. you know, angst that she's in. She can't get help or training in calming down herself um, you know, and, and, and taking the right view and being constructive and yep. you know, you know, instigating a, a self-inflicted you know, report on polling uh, students on their most greatest frustrations and taking an intellectual approach to the problem. She's just off venting like there's no tomorrow. So yes. don't you think that this is the problem, Robert? Like, isn't it right here? Like, that, what would you say to that student as it relates well, I, to the work problem? I have, I have two kids in college now, my two and, thank God, only two. Um, and, um, <laughs> uh, and, and I, and I think part of what's, what is needed by students, by all of us, but particularly by young people is they need a friend with whom they can vent because the last thing you want to do in a new job is that first day or the first week or the first year for that matter, blow up with your boss. Um, mm-hmm. you, you want, we all need that kind of an outlet. Um, and I, I, I can understand um, your your friend's daughter's frustration. Uh, she needs to she needs to vent, and there needs to be somebody who can do that for her. 
Mm-hmm. Now, in mm-hmm. colleges, you can get away with venting against pretty much anybody, um, but yeah. you can't in the workplace. That's right. It's true. I think that we've got some real challenges. I mean, the good news is these problems have existed for quite some time. The adjustment to the working world has 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 been difficult and will continue to be moving forward. Absolutely. But the sad part is, why isn't there a mandatory course in the college of of of, of you know uh, someone like you or your book being used for you know real world you know one on one yeah, no. Do any colleges no. offer that? I, it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know the answer to that. What is it? I don't know the answer to it either. I think part of it is that schools feel that that's more, you know, sort of finishing school type stuff, or maybe mm-hmm. uh, general education type stuff in high school, and that you know, colleges want to show that they're uh, that they're uh, rigorous. There's money on the line here too. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Promotion. you can imagine coming out of college with a couple hundred thousand dollars of debt. You finally yeah. get a job, and and you don't know how to comport yourself, and you lose that job. I mean, that, that's that's nuts. It is, and, and and not to mention that's the downside. But there's upside promotions. You know, um, how quickly you rise to the top. Um, you yes. know, there's a lot on the line here, and and, and it's yep. a shame to have to stumble and do a bunch of you know even one year wonders I call them, bouncing yes. from job to job to job because of your inability to excel and to. Into grass. What do you think the yeah, biggest and, and what did I is, get out of college? You know that that yeah, question arrived. Yeah. What did I get? If, if if we had a couple of you know tips, if you had a couple of tips that that would really set people a sail here as we as we close this this uh, wonderful interview, what would they be? I mean, if you think back on the highlights to the book, what, where would you point people in the book? Well, again, in terms of conduct, I would point to you know if 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 Granny wouldn't like it. Don't do it. Um, a, B, I would say, the job comes first. You know, if you're, it, it, I've had people, uh, I've had people in, in, in various positions, uh, we're working on some crash project, and the person says, uh, it's quitting time. No, if you're a professional, the quitting time is when the job is done. You know, or I need a break, or I, I, I go to the gym every day at 5 o'clock. Well, maybe you're not, because this project's got to be finished. And the third thing, C, would be remember that bits and bytes are forever and be so careful about what you do on office equipment. Hmm. Yes, I think it's great advice. The book is Congratulations, You Just Got Hired, Don't Screw It Up. Um, Now Don't Screw It Up, and the author is Robert Dietz. Robert, where can people get a copy of your book? Uh, It's available um, at uh, at uh, Amazon.com. Do you have a site up? Do you have a website? Uh, no. no. Yeah, that's cool. Good for you. <laughs> it's just another thing to worry about. Well, of course it is, but also, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to. I, I want to. I want people to sort of get advice. I'm not in. The, I'm not an advice columnist. I, I've I've said yeah. what I think needs to be said about this. This isn't rocket science. It doesn't need 500 pages of 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 fat. You know, when your when your mother told you to look both ways before you cross the street, how many pages did that take her to tell you that? And that my book is very straightforward. They're brief paragraphs. I put in sort of my own experiences from time to time. But this is not rocket science. It's common sense. I haven't solved some incredibly complicated mathematical equation here. Your book's available on Barnes and Noble, Amazon. I think there's an ebook available of it. 
you know, go, go find yep. it, everyone, and, and get out there and, and have a look. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you, Byron. It was, it was really fun. I enjoyed it. Right on. Until, uh, until next show, I hope everyone's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser and doesn't screw up their first job when they, when they land one. <laughs> thanks, for, thank, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Byron, signing out. Bye-bye. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.